Welcome to this edition of the Peace and Power Podcast, where we rediscover the life of peace and power envisioned in God's Word. Somewhere deep within, each of us desires an inner flow of peace and power that transforms our daily attitudes, relationships, and life decisions. So we turn now to God's message, the Bible, as it teaches us to live in that flow of spirit peace and spirit power. It may be helpful for you to follow the outline of each talk, which is available in the show notes. And you will find the full transcript on our website, peaceandpowerpodcast.com. That's peaceandpowerpodcast.com. Here is Dr. Jim Coleman with today's Bible Talk. When our first two children were very young, my spouse Tammy was a pastor, but I had not yet started pastoring. She had to leave earlier than us on Sunday mornings, so she would helpfully lay the kids' Sunday clothes out on their beds, and I would later get the kids dressed and fed, and we would head to church. For most of you, it has been a long time since one of your parents dressed you for church. For decades now, you have chosen your own church clothes on a Sunday morning. But the Apostle Paul thinks we still need our church clothes laid out. Not the physical, material clothing we will wear to the place of worship, but the spiritual clothing we wear as the church. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul uses a clothing analogy to describe how the Christian life is like taking off the clothing of the old self and putting on the clothing of a new self, a self that now will reflect the Jesus life. This is not an external clothing, but a new internal clothing of the heart and the mind that works its way from the inside out. And when Paul says new self, he doesn't just mean individuals. He means us together as the church. In this sense, all of us wear the same clothing as Christ followers. And in fact, what we wear is Christ. We don't have any choice about these church clothes any more than my children had a choice about what their mother laid out for them. Those were their church clothes. And being clothed with Christ as the church is our church clothes. What an incredible, supernatural clothing this is. Listen as Paul describes it in Colossians chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and He lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people that He loves. After His resurrection, Jesus clearly promised that even though His glorified body would return to the glory of heaven, His Spirit would come and live within each person who put their faith in him in John chapter 14, beginning at verse 16. And I will ask the Father, 
and He will give you another Advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. You know Him because later He will be in you. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. John 14, 16-17a, and then verse 20. So, you and I declare with Paul, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Galatians 2.20 And we affirm with 1 John 3.24 And we know He lives in us because the Spirit He gave us lives in us. And not only is this true of each believer, it is true of believers together, the church. In the verses I just quoted, the you is plural. You, all believers, the church. And the we means us, believers together in the church. So what does this Holy Spirit clothing, this inner Jesus-style clothing, really mean for us? First, it means that everyone in the church is dressed with an invisible, new nature. Verse 10 begins, Put on your new nature. Our nature, of course, is that part of our humanness that governs how we naturally think, what we naturally feel and naturally do. But we know that Adam and Eve's nature changed from how God created them to think and to feel and to act into a rebellious nature, a nature set against their Creator. This is the nature you and I have now inherited, an unnatural nature, we might say, a nature we were never meant to have. So, the new nature Paul mentions here is really not new. It is the original nature, the nature we were created for, and the nature Jesus can restore to its former state. How can Jesus restore it? Because he has it. And since He now lives within us through the Holy Spirit, we have that nature. The more we live in Him, the more we experience our original nature. Put on your new nature, Paul encourages us. And you won't have to live in that old, unnatural, sinful nature anymore. A few weeks ago, I saw a TV documentary on repeat offenders, those who have been incarcerated, who soon commit another crime. One repeat offender said something like this, Even while I was taking off my prison jumpsuit to be released, I knew I would probably be back and would put on that jumpsuit again. How sad. He knew that his nature as a criminal would not change unless something transformed it. And he doubted that would happen. Paul confidently asserts, if you put on this new nature, this Jesus nature, you will have a power within you that changes your direction and your decisions. You will be truly transformed. The old nature will not entirely go away, but the new nature will be more powerful. Such an interchange then cannot help but become visible. Our thinking like Jesus and feeling like Jesus becomes a life that looks like Jesus. 
In Colossians 1.15, where Paul says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, he means that you can look at Jesus' life and see what God is like. In fact, no one showed God's likeness more clearly than did Jesus. And Jesus' nature within us means that others begin to see God-like attitudes and behaviors in our lives. Paul's phrase, image of the invisible God, reminds us that for the most part, we Americans are encouraged to be very shallow, image-conscious people. We want others to see us in a certain way, even if that's not really who we are. But an authentic image is accurate. It is who we really are. And as a Christ follower, I want to look like a Christ follower because I am a Christ follower. As a child of God who knows my Heavenly Father, I want my life to authentically reflect God. Verse 10 describes this transformation. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. Yet, as we said a moment ago, this is not just about the individual Christ follower. We not only have a new nature like Jesus' nature and a new image reflecting our relationship with God, but we are a new community. And Paul helpfully describes this new community, both what this new community is not like and what it is like, what characteristics this new community lives without and what characteristics it lives without with. First, it lives without racial barriers. Ancient Jews had split the entire world population into just two groups, Jews and non-Jews, or Gentiles. But Jesus came to break down the racial wall between these two groups. And in fact, every racial barrier that brought tension and distrust and hatred between races. Jesus, yes, the Jewish Messiah, came to be everyone's Savior. Ephesians 2.14 For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. It's hard for us today to imagine how thick this wall was. If Jesus can unite Jews and Gentiles, he can unite all ethnic groups. And as Christ followers, we also pray and work to unite all ethnic groups in Christ. Jesus died and rose again for every ethnicity and skin color of humanity. Jesus is the only ultimate solution for racial division and hatred in our world. He is the key. He alone can heal our racial wounds. Our racial healing can happen only by His supernatural presence. Jews and Gentiles weren't just separated by ethnicity. They were separated by religion. In verse 11, Paul calls them the circumcised and uncircumcised. And since Abraham, circumcision had been the sign of the religious identity of a Jewish male. And Jesus was not against that sign, but his ministry tore down the religious barriers that it had built. In today's world, there are many barriers between world religions. 
The Bible teaches that every religion's true hope, the wholeness it longs for, the real fulfillment of its dream, is accomplished by Jesus. Think of that. Across all of the millennia of history and all of the hopes of human religions, Jesus offers, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The gospel is meant to tear down the walls of misunderstanding between different worldviews and to bring all of humanity back to their creator. And this means that Jesus calls us, the church, to be respectful and patient and loving as we interact with and dialogue with people of different religious beliefs. And then, we as the church follow Jesus in tearing down cultural barriers. And Paul mentions here barbaric Greek culture and uncivilized Scythian culture. Just as the Jews had divided the world in two, a world of Jews and non-Jews, the Greeks had also divided the world in two, between those who spoke Greek and embraced Greek culture and those who didn't. Those who didn't were barbarians. And some Greeks felt the most barbaric culture were the uncivilized Scythians. But Jesus broke down cultural barriers. It did not matter to him what language someone spoke or what culture they lived in. He invited everyone into the ideal culture, the kingdom of God. And next, Paul points out that the church has no social barriers. In his day, one of the greatest social barriers was between the free and the slave. And again, we have to look at Jesus' teaching and example. Jesus didn't relate to people in his society whether they were freeborn or an enslaved person. Jesus came to set all people free, especially those who thought they were free, but they were enslaved by sin. But it is also true, for the past 2,000 years, no message has set more people politically free than the properly understood gospel of Jesus Christ. So, the church is a new community. A new community without racial, religious, cultural, and social barriers. But, it's a new community with some characteristics. With a special mission. With a holy character. And with a supernatural love. First, it has been chosen. Ancient Israel was chosen by God to bring the Messiah into the world. And the church has been chosen by God to proclaim Jesus as the Savior of the world. But the church not only proclaims this by what it says, it proclaims it by what it is. It is a holy people, Paul says, which means living differently from the world. Listen how the Apostle Peter uh, called us, the church, both chosen and holy. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And then in verse 12 here, Paul says the church is the people God loves. Well, God loves all people equally, but the church experiences the love of God in a way that non-Christians cannot. Christ followers open themselves to and experience the love of God in a much greater way. We can't expect non-Christians to love like Christ, but we should expect Christians to love like Christ. 
So what do these three things together say of how different the church's wardrobe is from the world's wardrobe? Chosen means the church lives in this world, but has a different goal than this world. Holy means the church lives in this world, but has a different lifestyle than the world. And loved means the church lives in this world, but has a different love than the world. These, says our brother Paul, are our church clothes, our followers of Jesus clothes. We really don't get to choose them. They are already laid out for us by Jesus, the one we are clothed with. How mysteriously and powerfully the Holy Spirit clothes us with Christ. This is who it is to be the church and what incredible church clothes we wear. Are you more and more experiencing being clothed with Christ? More and more getting dressed for church? Thank you for listening to the Peace Empower podcast today, and we invite you to subscribe to hear the next upcoming Bible talk. Again, our website is peaceandpowerpodcast.com, and our prayer is that God's Word has brought you a greater sense of a supernatural flow of God's peace and power in your life.